I'm your chair talk host Nemanja, and this is retrospective from the last week episode that we recorded with Vukas Himić from Fishing Booker. I can say that the innovation that I'm most proud of is that we managed to build a company that uh, offers chartered fishing trips from Belgrade, which doesn't have a coastline, uh, and that we managed to build up a team that's the leader in the market, and most of the team prior to this job had never done saltwater fishing in their life. We, we try to innovate on several tracks um, simultaneously. First, there's the quick, cheap uh, experiments that you run that don't really need a lot of planning in hopes of, uh, over time, building up the, the compounding optimizations that would allow you to grow. Uh, and another track is strategic innovation. So I'm, I'm, I see a future where these types of marketplaces uh, increase in size and they, they, they basically digitize our access to various services and products around the world. This is Chair, place where we discuss innovations. And today we are going to talk how to innovate in agriculture, how to use digital to tackle the challenges in the industry that is almost old as a humankind itself. On this topic, I have a great pleasure to talk with Alexander Bieliev, Chief Digital Officer in MCA Group. Alexander, as a CDO, is in charge of digital transformation through defining strategy and supporting execution of strategic projects. Uh, MCA Group, where he is this, on this position for three years now, is one of the leading holding companies in Serbia and the region. Uh, this system employs more than 7,000 people uh, with more than 75 affiliated companies that operate within the system. Uh, it, have, it has become a leader in three key areas of businesses, agriculture, tourism, and banking. So, Alexander, welcome to CHAIR. Uh, I'm excited about our conversation today. Thank you very much for having us here. It's going to be a very nice conversation, I hope. I, I'm sure that it's going to be. But at the beginning, before we move to our main subject, I want to uh, ask you a question, personal question. Uh, what is innovation for you? Since you have a huge experience in working with uh, Kearney, Nielsen, Deloitte, uh, you have shaped your apprehension of innovation. So what is the innovation for you? Well, the innovation itself for me is a holistic, let's say, approach. It's not one word, it's not one thing. If I have to say about innovation, I would say it has three key elements. People, technology and processes. And I didn't say people at first just without any intentions. The point is that people are the main part of the innovation because we can bring the newest technology, we can bring the newest process. If you don't change the mindset of the people and if the people are not in the heart of the change, it's not going to happen. So the most important part of the innovation for me is that is first uh, directed towards the, let's say, positive change because you can be innovative and don't achieve any change. It has to be positive change and it has to help people to deliver more and to be able to enjoy more. For me, that's one part of the main part of the innovation. So people at the front and uh, then you can do all the other stuff. You know, people make mistake when they say we need the newest technology. Sometimes we can achieve more with the old technology, just taking another view, taking another position on the things that we are discussing about and then making sure that it delivers positive change. Uh, 
So you guys innovated how you work in the field. Basically, you uberized your uh, fleet for sugar beet harvest. Explain to me how this differ from uh, classical fleet management. Where is that innovation here? <laughs> Good question. Well, the innovation uh, itself is tremendous. Because once you do a fleet management, which is already a standard process as it is, you are driving your fleet uh, trucks or vehicles, you're driving them on the regular roads. And what you need to do is just connect to either Bing or Google Maps or whatever here maps. Then you just need to set up the communication between the devices and everything else. And that's it. For us, Uberizing the agriculture is totally different thing because first thing is you don't have roads. What we had to do in order to achieve the Uberizing of our fleet is to draw our roads. We had to map every single road in the fields. So that's a bone road, right? And then you have to take into consideration the weather forecast. You have to take the weather condition because once you have a truck of 40 tons driving on the pond road, on the land road, and the rain starts falling, that road, the mud and everything, the mud, the everything, that, that road can become unusable. And even if the road is usable, you have to make sure that every single vehicle in the fleet takes the same route because those roads are often narrow. And if the vehicle comes from the different directions, because for him it's better, it's easier or something else. <laughs> driver can, wanted like that, right? Driver wanted like that. He can really block. And you know, Uberizing the standard fleet, it's easy. You say, this is the address, this is the number. In the field, there are no numbers. So you have to make sure you send them the proper GPS coordinate and make sure that everything is working as perfect in order to deliver. And it looks simple. But, you know, we are talking a large scale operations. Whenever you innovate, you need to make sure that you know about what kind of operations are we talking about. So here we are talking about 800 vehicles a day going two or three rounds, delivering enormous amount of sugar beet from the from the field directly to the factory. And you have to make sure that this sugar beet doesn't stay too long because every minute, every second, every hour it counts as long as it's taken out of the ground it starts decaying, it starts losing some of its uh, valuable minerals and valuable uh, sugar content that we need. So we need to make sure that from the moment that we send, uh, we send uh, heavy machinery to take the sugar beet out, to coordinate with the, those who are loading into the trucks. The trucks are there on time, that they, those things happen to deliver, to be able to send them to the factory. And all this has to be accompanied with the, with the weather conditions. So the planning for this happens every morning. We and it's we, enormous. And it's enormous. 800 vehicles, somebody has a flat tire, somebody has some challenges. So it's all, all you know, big issue. And for us, one really important thing that we achieved, and it's a side effect. We helped people living in the cities near our factories. Because in the old time, when we were doing all this manually, we would have times when the uh, trucks would be blocked the whole city because it's a, such a long, a longer queue. Now we are planning it in such a manner through this Uberizing. So every, every truck driver has its tablet. He receives the order where to go. He confirms once he's on the field. We are now trying to make sure that there is no, not too many uh, vehicles waiting in front of the factory. So we don't block the local roads. We help the local people there in order to help them. And on the other hand, we help the people working those uh, vehicles. Because at the end of the day, the trucker can see that there is a long queue going to happen. He can stop and go, I don't know, take a coffee or take a break. He doesn't need to drive to the factory and then stand there for a few hours. So for everybody in the process, we try to help in order to enable. On the other hand, it draws the decrease of cost for us and we really improve the efficiency of our 
management. Yeah, that, that was my next question because, uh, as you said, that it's a huge innovation and and, and that uh, process that, that you change basically how you how you do uh, uh, sugar beet harvest. What kind of productivity and cost cutting have you managed to accomplish uh, with this? And uh, maybe uh, you can uh, tell me. Even before you decided to to start with this uberizing your fleet, uh, what goals you wanted to achieve with this? Well, the first thing what we wanted to achieve with uberizing this fleet, and this started a long time before I joined the MK Group. So let's say that there are a lot of people in the MK Group who really worked on this innovation even before I came. I just added few touches and helped them maybe to improve certain parts. But the most important part is not to lose the content of the sugar beet, because as I said, once you take it out of the ground, you have very limited amount of time that you have to deliver to the factory and start processing. It's like decoying and... Yes. So that's one thing. Second thing, we wanted to decrease the cost uh, and enable the operations because previously you would need more than 800 trucks. You would need 1,000, 1,200, 300 trucks and that's almost impossible to get it in Serbia at certain point of times because as we know, there is a... There is a huge uh, lack of uh, offer or lack of the available truck drivers on the on the on the market. Some of them left. Some of them are, you know, working on other uh, in other industries. Because at the time when we are taking the sugar beet, at the same time it's happening the picking up of corn, picking up of uh, I don't know wheat and everything else. So the huge demand on the transport industry creates a lot of pressure. So for us it was decreasing the number of vehicles that we need. With this, we automatically reduce the number of CO2. We automatically reduce the impact on the on the society environment. And for three, we stop decaying of the sugar beet. And with this, we increase the level of sugar that we can produce from the same amount of uh, of the sugar beet. So that's win-win for all of us because for us as a factory, we get more sugar from the same beet. For the people who are doing this for us and sowing the sugar beet, they are getting they are getting more money. For the same same type of product, so it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, I want to move to innovation process itself and uh, uh, how you. Okay, you told me that this innovation started a long time before you came to uh, MK Group, but um, I want to talk about how you innovate from your position because uh, basically, chief digital officer is on the brink of innovation by definition. Uh, I want to you to share with me how you decide. Uh, with innovations, where to go next, what to do next, uh, especially when we put the equation uh, uh, that you're working in such a huge system as MK Group. And of course, because it's such a huge system, there's high stakes all the time. Yes. Well, if I say how we do innovation in the MK Group, I will start from the beginning. 35 years ago, Mr. Miodra Kostic was the first innovator, let's say, in having a vision how to start this company. And working side by side with him is something that generates in your DNA needs for innovation. So we need to move forward. We as a group, we have a almost like a mandate or obligatory that we need to improve every day, every moment we work. And it's something that is highly encouraging in our company. So on one side, it's quite challenging working in such a big company with such a diversified businesses such as agriculture, finances or tourism. But on the other hand, it brings you ability to innovate in a sense even connecting the something that is a standard practice in one of the industries you can bring it to the other industry and really use it so let's say fleet management it's something that is usually in the transport but when you bring it to the agriculture it significantly boosts um, weather forecast or metal station 
in the agriculture it's a standard but when we bring it to the Karnex who is the largest food producer in Serbia right in a, in a meat producing industry you have significant jump and significant increment in the in the results that you achieve so for us the people are the most important as i said in the beginning uh, we have a really really uh, let's say really huge number of colleagues or big number of colleagues who are very specialized in their field of works they are experts they are on the field constantly they are in connection not just with the with the with the industry and practice itself they are sometimes in connection with our competitors they are in connection with the market they are in connection with our customers and all the ideas are coming from there and from my position i'm almost like a ambassador so it's not my job to come and say this is the biggest idea that we are going to do it's to emphasize the process and to make sure that every single of our colleagues is included in this process we gather those ideas we evaluate them we do classical cost benefit analysis but on the other side we don't just do cost benefit because you saw some of the projects we did in the past nobody believed in them right we are brave enough to start totally new fields and to start totally new let's say industries but we are smart enough to know when to stop so with this ability to know when to stop and be brave enough to try calculated risks we are fast enough to move and one of the really big advantages of working in mk group if you're working in large corporations uh, major decisions about innovations are happening in brussels are happening in london are happening in paris here we have a really benefit of working in serbia so if i need to do some innovation and i'm 100% sure that this is going to be the next big thing and the colleagues with who i work are making sure that this is all look at from all different angles we go to belgrade office and we say to talk to our vice president mr alexander kostić or with mr kostić and say hey this is the next big thing these are all the analysis we did we are 100% sure this is done and if we are done our job properly then the answer in 90% of the cases is yes so it's much faster for us it's much uh, quicker to start to experiment but on the other hand we carry a really huge liability there is no big corporations to cover behind and say uh <laughs> you know but it gives you ability to be on the as you said on the cutting edge so the process is very straightforward anybody can uh, send the idea he needs to elaborate and then we start working on it how to make sure it happens you just told me how it's uh, overall in the mk group system it's it's organized and how you do that uh but can you share with me your closest team um it's not uh, you guys are there for the innovations to uh, to be creative that can innovation can jump start in the mk group uh, um how your closest team is organized to to achieve that well again my whole closest team is the whole company okay right? So it's very simple. I'll, I'll explain you on one really good project that our colleague from uh, corporate communication started a few years ago, and it's called a launch idea. So we have this internal event where you can apply once a year to launch your own idea, and the company obliges to invest up to one hundred thousand euros if the idea is selected. So within your own companies, anybody, exactly anybody, can send the idea. He needs to draft very quick. idea so two pages a4 letter and to explain and if these ideas are good enough to pass for to the first let's say circle first round then they get assigned mentors and here is one of my uh, most important roles together with the colleagues from the top team from the ceo team and c level team we choose the most appropriate mentors to help these guys drive the idea 
towards the full-scale project proposal. So then they are supposed to write the budgets, then they are supposed to write all the constraints, then they are supposed to propose how this could be done. And again, they're coming in front of the whole leadership team of the whole MK group. So not just MK, but MK, Carnex, Agroglobe, Sunoco, all these MK agriculture, even the finance team, so Eichbank and Valenska Bank. And then they are defending in front of this team, almost like a startup pitch. So what they are doing is they are defending the idea and then we select the best and top three get financed. And not just financed, then it's a mandatory for my team as well to make sure those ideas happen. And through this, this one, I'm not saying about few people working closely with me. I'm talking about the whole organization is behaving like a big entrepreneur. Because as I said in the beginning, entrepreneurship is in the DNA of the MK group. It sounds like a, a large-scale innovation lab inside the group itself. It is. It is. On one sense, it's tough to manage all those ideas. On the other hand, it's very challenging and it's very empowering because you know that we had people in the, one of our hotels that launched an idea that was pitched in front of the CEO. And the person in that hotel, if you look at the hierarchy, hierarchy level, hierarchy, then you come to a position that's very low in the hierarchy. And they were able to pitch in the top six ideas, I think two years ago, top six ideas, and they were ranked among the top six ideas. Do you know how empowering is that? You don't need to write, I don't know, 200 page proposal to happen. Of course, that when we are, we are doing projects which are a few million dollars or a couple, you know, of course you have to have a good cost benefit analysis, all the financial and, but for us, it's good that we, from the day one, we teach all our colleagues that investment innovation is a process which is similar, even if you invest one euro or hundred million euros. Because with this, we empower them to be able to push ideas forward. And then for, that's for me is a really important part. Uh, you mentioned that you're CEO and, and pitching the project in front of him. And uh, I want to mention him from the other perspective. You have a change on the top recently. Uh, you have a new CEO, Mikhail Jankovic. And he's well known as a, a, a guy with uh, innovative management style and striving for excellence. Uh, I'm sure that MK Group is going to innovate with him on the wheel even more. So please share with me, what are you working on right now and what will go out next in terms of innovation? Well, yes, having Mihailo joining us as a CEO is a very, very, very big step for us as well. Although, as we said, we are on the brink of innovation anyhow. Um, I cannot share one specific project uh, because there are hundreds of initiatives happening. And then, as, as we said, through launching idea, we are selecting them year by year by year there there are new new things that we can we can emphasize and that's that's going to happen digitalization of agriculture which we believe it's the next big thing that will happen in the industries across the world we can talk about the project that we are doing in our finance division and uh, banking where i think that they are bringing some of the cutting edge practices to serbian market as you know Bank was one of the first to launch a digital wallet in serbia among the first they are doing some additional new things. They're improving the way how they interact with the customers. And uh, let's say Carnex is now doing full innovation of the products that they are producing. So they are expanding into a new products which are not purely connected to meat. Because when you say Carnex, everybody connects it to the meat. And Carnex has successfully launched and is now among top players in hummus, is now among top players in the fish pate and similar things. 
So there are different areas. One of the things that we are focusing on definitely is robotic process automation, where we're trying to help our employees get rid of the dull work, right? To get more efficient and to we, get we want more to We want to have them spend more time on uh, defining what to do next than create reporting. And as you know, I think I... I think that the majority companies have like, I don't know, 20, 30% of their time spending in Excel. And all of this can be done, right? I think that any major company, especially top managers, spends 20 to 30% of their time in Excel, which is a great tool, by the way. But if you can have, with all the SAPs, all the ERPs, all the BIs and everything else, still the Excel is the king. If you can have a, a robotic process automation, RPA robot doing this for you, and then helping the top management deciding what to do from this report instead of just, you know, that's a really big thing. So we are definitely putting a lot of focus on RPA. We are putting focus on our company, which is a SAP partner, MKIT, is putting a lot of effort on SAP Analytic Cloud because we believe with the predictions and with the innovations we are happening in there will help us be faster and bring better decision and make sure that we have all the relevant information before happening. And as I mentioned, in agriculture, we are definitely going to look at the geo portal and ability to have all the information in one holistic place. For us, that's really, really important to make it happen. And of course, to make sure that we are, we are following the local regulation, we are doing everything we can to support the ecosystem as well. One of the things that we did in the past three years was making sure that all our invoices, incoming and outgoing, can be sent and received in electronic form. You know that Serbia is now on the, in the place where they are supposed to vote a new law on the electronic invoices and all the documents and everything else. And we are already there. We are already prepared. As soon as it's vote, the law is voted, we can start doing this. So this is, these are the main topics I would focus on. Uh, at the beginning, you mentioned that innovation is for you, among other things, are the people, and you mentioned people at the first place. So I want to ask you about the Digital Academy, and uh, that's something that started in October 2020, right? Yes. Well, the Digital Academy is our way of, um, you know, empowering people. We took 12 people who are agronomes by the design and teach them the newest sophisticated technologies. We envision that the agronom in 5, 10, 15 years will not be the person who comes with a car, goes out on the field, takes the soil in their hands and, you know, make it, make it, uh, make analysis out of it. We assume that the, if the agronom comes to the field, because he was most probably do it with the telemetry from some kind of the devices, he will have a drone with him. He will be able to lift the drone, to send, to analyze, to be able to use satellites, to be able to use... Uh, uh, advanced technologies in order to make sure it happens and to be more efficient. Because as I said, there are a few things that we need to know about the agriculture. First, it's the most undigitalized industry. And I think it's the ripe for digitalization. Second, there is a nice saying, 3D. It's dull, dirty and dangerous. <laughs> so people don't want to work in agriculture. And it's happening across the globe. So it's not. I'm not talking about the local region. I'm talking about across the globe. People don't want to work in agriculture because you have to go in your tractor and sit there for 12 hours, right? Instead of being on the tablet and watching Beverly Hills or whatever shows are now popular. <laughs> uh, second, it's dangerous, very dangerous. And the third, it's very dirty. So it's not a job that you can go work something, leave the office and then go with your friends, right? So based on this, it has to, it has to happen. So there, is a, there are a few challenges happening in the agriculture. First is a climate change, right? We are aware that the climate is getting more and more warmer. There is even saying that in Germany, 
almost all the agriculture faculty have department for um, tropical tropical plants because the germany predicts that in uh, 10 15 20 years the subtropical climate will come close to germany and some of the plants that they never had will become you know uh, accessible so climate change second is rising of population we have to make sure to make some things happen because the rising population we will not be able to feed them and in order for us to answer all these questions and to have uh, tractors which are without the pilots to have all of these kind of things we have to train a new kind of agronomists and we have to help them together with the faculties and universities and we have really close cooperation but we found a need to do it internally as well so jointly with the partners and jointly with our team we are training a new group of agronomists who are going to be familiar with the thing that the tractor is self driveless and we already have in mk group we have tractors and heavy machinery which are doing 90% of the work already automated so you bring it into the field and you just take your hands off the wheel because everything else is happening with the autopilot with the satellite with the gps with the computer who is controlling then we already did some experiments with the drones we already did some other stuff so it's important for our people to know how to use these technologies in order to make sure that the businesses can perform as usual and can produce more food which in the end is the most important part i always like to finish this uh, chair talks about future and uh, after uh, everything that you said to me today i don't think there is a better man to ask <laughs> a future question so uh, give me your opinion what is the bi- next big innovation in agriculture what ben- what we can expect in the future from well there is not one thing right it's going to it's it's a whole ecosystem that is connected and i do believe it's going to happen in the next 10 to 15 years So as we said we have tractors and heavy machinery who are already doing 90% of you know moving plowing and everything else automatically. Uh we already saw that some producers produce the tractors who don't have a driver. Who is fully 100% capable of being driven from tablet. So you're sitting in some office and he's doing it by himself. Of course it's reg- not getting dirty anymore, right? <laughs> it's not getting dirty. Of course the regulation has to be in place because I'm pretty much sure nobody would like to see a this beast of I don't know a few hundred tons going into into a field and then lose connectivity and then of course but it's going to become easier we already see that some manufacturer are testing that you have one driver in one tractor and then fleet of three or four following him besides so he has the visual view he is able to you know uh he's able to control them but still you don't need five tractor drivers that's one thing second thing agriculture spends a lot of water and we spoke we in one of the conference previously where we said that 70% of all the water being spent in the world is being done by agriculture 20% is being done by uh, by industry and only few percent is being done uh, being spent by human usage so we need to make sure somehow to become more sustainable in agriculture to spend less water of course you can't stop giving the water to the plants because then you will not have the results but we have to find new ways we have to find to be more efficient and the last but not the least in the agriculture is the usage of uh, telemetry technology i've just read that in 2009 there was a big article about telemetry in uh, agriculture so usage of drones reporting of the tractors fleet management in tractors and they said it's a good thing but it will take a lot of time before it happens because i don't know one device at that time costed hundreds and thousands now it costs nothing yeah. 
So the technology is already here. We need people who are able to use it. And this is why the MK Academy is for us the most important part, because if we, we want to empower our people to be able to use the technology, and then we can step further. And this is why the biggest things will happen, as I said, automation of the agricultural machinery, uh, drones, sustainable agriculture, even vertical farming is now being mentioned as a way how to you know, preserve because there is no more land. However, I'm skeptical at this point about the prices, but who knows, in 10 years, Maybe I'm pretty much sure we will find a way how to make it happen. So definitely, uh, definitely digitalization of agriculture is coming and I think it's coming sooner than we expected. And um, I truly believe that in the future, I always quote this sentence I heard on one conference, is the speed of the changes in the future will never be as slow as it is today because it will just happen more and more and it will be faster and faster. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I enjoyed it. And I'm sure that our viewers are going to enjoy it as well. So if you haven't subscribed, subscribe and see you next Thursday when we talk about some new innovations. Thank you so much.